Hello and welcome to the Aid Station. Super excited about today's conversation. We head all the way to Seattle on the west coast of the US and we meet Alison Dacia, who's the co-chair of the Running Industry Diversity Coalition and just ordered a really exciting role as Director of Sports Advocacy at Wiesel. Great to see you, Alison. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, excited to be here talking to you, Chris. Such a great story. Uh, you know, we, we first met virtually um, when you were on an amazing panel on diversity during the Mass Participation World Conference, chaired yeah. by Mary Wittenberg, uh, and just a, just a great conversation. But I'd love to start, as I always do, with just a, a bit of your background, please, Alison. Sure. So um, I grew up, I was born in New York. Um, I was born to, I'm the I'm first generation American. So my father came to this country from Haiti, my mother from Colombia. They met in New York. I was born in New York. And then I grew up in New Jersey. And I say that because um, a lot of where I'm from, my background is really, um, my, my cultural background is a really big part of that. Um, going to school, you know, you learned American education and in that education, there wasn't a lot of conversation about um, Haiti, about Colombia, about the Caribbean. And so while I was in school learning, I, at home is where I really learned to appreciate um, my, my history. And that's where I learned my sense of self. Um, I went to Columbia University undergrad and loved the experience, graduated, had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, went back to Columbia two more times for two more degrees. My first degree in international affairs, second degree in counseling psychology. So very roundabout way uh, of finding myself in the running industry after um, struggling with depression and finding running. And then it sort of all came together. So my background is kind of all over the place, but it's been really cool as I reflect on it, um, getting older. At the time that I was going through difficulties, it seemed like I was sort of scrambling. But in retrospect, I was building these different pieces of myself that now inform my work, which is focused on community, social justice, mental health. So wonderful. And really, no better time to be in that space, is there? I mean, there is such a need for it. I, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that frustrates me on a daily basis is this industry that can contribute so much to the health and well-being of people to unity mm. of communities and everything and, and we keep standing at the back of the queue and, and not being allowed to do our work and there's this yeah. huge missed opportunity and you know I, I just as you probably saw I, I interviewed Ted Metalis a couple of weeks ago mm. on the show and you know we were Amazing. all of the, the same opinion that you know this industry is going to explode once we get the opportunity to come back because we have such a role to play. And, and with that, you know, I would love firstly just to ask you one more question about your background. And then I'd love you to just kind of come forward to, you know, what's life like now? You've just moved to Seattle. What's, what's happening in the U.S.? But have you had a chance to go back to, to Haiti and Colombia to, to explore any of your roots yet? Yeah, I actually, I've visited Haiti several times, uh, once on vacation and then a few other times um, doing some nonprofit work. And I actually at one point thought I was going to end up working at the border of Haiti and the Dominican Republic, never panned out. Um, and Colombia, I, so my family is actually from these two small islands, Providencia and San Andres. So I've been to the island several times and it's so fun because they're tiny islands and everybody there somehow is family. So um, always really good memories of, of visiting where my parents are from. 
Wonderful. And you know, one of those things we touched on there, what, what you love about those small places is community, 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 isn't it? It's exactly. just so powerful. You can get in anybody's car and they'll drive you where you need to go. Right? It's just, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Wow. And that's it. Yeah. As I was sharing, I grew up in Zimbabwe and that was how our life was. It was open mm. doors. We're all, you know, kids were out the door at rise of the sun and back at sunset and we'd hitchhike mm. all over the country and just, just beautiful ways of growing up. So yeah, that's wonderful to hear. So let's, yeah. let's chat then about, about now you know just moved to seattle we just talked yeah. you just bought your first house which is super yeah. exciting new yes. role um tell us about that yeah this is the most grown-up i've ever felt <laughs> we purchased <laughs> our house just a few weeks ago we'll be moving in in two weeks fingers crossed um you know we moved here a lot of it had to do with my son my son is now 21 months old wow. and um you know i love new york i've spent so much of my life there but during the pandemic, being in our small apartment and um, wanting to have more access to the outdoors, um, also realizing that because of the pandemic, it's sort of this unique moment where we could leave New York and feel like uh, we weren't going to miss that much. And somebody listening to this is going to like take offense to that, right? <laughs> I'm not implying that New York is dead. Um, but, you know, it's like sort of this unique moment where you can, where I felt like I could leave the city um, see what life is like elsewhere, um, and maybe we'll come back. But we got here two months ago. My my partner, my husband got a job. I got this role as director of sports advocacy at Wazell, and it's been incredible. People said it was it's so rainy here in Seattle. You're not going to like it. I actually have loved the weather. I've loved the temperature. It's perfect because you can really run all year long. Um, and with my role, it's it's you know I have three. My main responsibilities are threefold. The first is to um, help Wazell build internal culture. So having conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, um, and developing you know, language and education around that internally. The second piece is building the volet, which is their membership um, team of women all around the world that um, run together, uh, our activists together, really inspired, uh, inspiring change, change, change agents, excuse me. So help build the volet. Um, and the next piece is help uh, build local community in Seattle. So I actually just had the opportunity to host a Seattle Run Summit. Um, 50 folks virtually, we, we met up and it was really cool to see what is taking place in the running scene right now. What has the impact of COVID-19 been and what's gonna happen in, you know, few weeks or months when things more officially open up what is the scene going to look like here wow so tell us for those that don't know the wazel brand just give us a little bit of a you know 30 40 second snapshot of the brand please sure wazel is french for the word bird it is a uh, brand by women for women they make incredible um incredibly luxurious feeling clothes that perform very well and are for all bodies Wonderful. What, what a great opportunity. Sounds, sounds super exciting. Thanks for, yeah. for sharing that. So um, what's your son's name, by the way? Corey. So it's, it's Haitian Creole for um, run. So I met my partner through running. So we named him Corey, which is to run in Haitian Creole. Wonderful. Wow, that's awesome. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's so poignant. Uh, yeah. so tell us then, you know, some challenges. Uh, everyone's gone through challenges uh, during this period of time. What have been your biggest challenges? You've probably alluded to a little of them in terms of being cooped up in an apartment with a 20-month-old. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't imagine how challenging that <laughs> must be. I've got a little six-year-old boy and he's super yeah. very lucky to have had 
the outdoors here in Bali where I live and get out and about. But, you know, some of those challenges, other challenges, work-related challenges, and, and, and how have you Absolutely. managed them? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge was definitely working from home with a small child. Um, and, you know, I think as the year has gone by, people have become more accommodating. But at first, uh, you know, it, it was so out of the norm to be first on a Zoom call uh, with, with a child, you know, with things flying around. And it, there was just such an adjustment period of figuring out how am I going to make this work and sort of letting your hair down, right? You have this professional self and then you have this personal home self. And during COVID-19, both of those cells were meshed. So um, getting comfortable with that and, and realizing that, um, you know, this is not just working from home, this is working from home during a global pandemic. So how can you be uh, kind to yourself, give yourself some grace? And then the other really difficult challenge was not just COVID-19, but, um, you know, systemic racism and, and um, the violence that became very, very public this year. This is not this is not the first year, first time that these kinds of um, acts have happened. But I think because everybody was indoors, there was just a deeper impact, and these news stories uh, generated even more eyes and more attention. And then the social unrest and protesting that followed. So trying to work from home, also recognizing all of the social injustice and all of the, the racism that, that continues, the anti-Asian racism. And, and so that has been really hard to figure out, you know, to think about having a child in this world, will my child be safe? And what can I do with the time that I have left on this planet to make the world a better, safer place? Wonderful insights. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, yeah. I think it's, Obviously, there's so much hardship, but this is just such a wonderful, pivotal time in history, and we'll look back on it in so many ways. Of you know, yeah. humanity, ha ha if it chooses to, and many people are already choosing to have this opportunity to really transform and take us to a way better place. It's it's super exciting in so many ways, exactly. and, and obviously, you know, the next question that I that I always move on to is leadership, and and you're mm -hmm. you're showing incredible leadership, um, and you know, this rising star of Alison Dacier, but Tell us a little bit about, you know, your leadership principles. Do you have leadership mentors who have you followed mm -hmm. in your life uh, mm -hmm. that's brought you on this path of, of, of being a, you know, almost natural born leader? Did it come Thank naturally? You. Is it something that's evolved? And, and what, what have been your guiding stars and principles? Yeah, you know, it is something that is very much embedded in my personality. Growing up, I actually, my father gave me the nickname Powdered Feet, which comes from the Haitian Creole saying that describes somebody so active, you never see them, just their footprints in powder. So I was always all over the place. I was the first to volunteer. Uh, I was always talkative in class. Um, but I think in terms of who's helped me along in my leadership journey, Mary Wittenberg is actually one of those people. And something that I really love about her leadership style is that she's able to see a light in you before you're even aware of it, right? Wow. And she was always putting me in conversations and putting me in rooms that I didn't think I deserved to be in or that I was ready for, but she always saw something in me. And I see that as transformational leadership, right? Mm -hmm. she's, she's collaborative. She's willing to share credit, share the stage. She's about, um, you know, all of us rising together. And that's, that's something that I've really cultivated. I've, I really love um, when you empower somebody to 
take your role, right? You, you work yourself out of a position. You see somebody who has that light, who maybe doesn't have the confidence or, or the know-how or the skills, or maybe even just has never had the opportunity. And you're able to, to help that person find their power. And next thing you know, you've, you've worked yourself out of that role, you find yourself in, a, in another role. But yeah, I would say transformational leadership. And, um, and it's not, oftentimes it's not the person who's the loudest or the most showy. It's, it's sometimes it's the quietest, most uncomfortable looking person that really has um, a deep leader hiding inside. Right? So that's the, that, those have been some of my principles. That is, is such a wonderful insight, isn't it? And, and, and I just love that expression you used. Mary's got this ability to see the light inside you before you see it. Because we all have those lights, don't we? And mm -hmm. some people exactly. don't choose to turn them on. Some people don't know how to turn them on. And, and, and to have a, a mentor and a leader that can teach that to you, exactly. that's what we need, isn't it? We need more leaders in the world. We need more of these people who have these wonderful ideas and these, these abilities that are latent to be able to come to the fore. So that, that's, a, that's a wonderful exactly. and, tip. And sometimes it really, it just, it just takes patience, right? Sometimes yeah. there's just not the opportunity, but yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful gift that Mary has, has given me and that I now use. Yeah, and it's wonderful. I mean, you're, you're, I'm sure you're experiencing it right now, isn't it? How we so often, not always, but we manage to be patient with our children, to give them those mm -hmm. opportunities to make mistakes, to fall, to get up, to whatever. But exactly. as we grow over, we kind of overlook that. And, and you know, we have these huge expectations. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this is, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're learning on so many different fronts. And the joy of yes. being a parent is just incredible. It's, and It's uh, and, so and, beautiful. Yeah. From one day to the next, right? Like, you see them struggling and then they're mastering it and then they have they have no limit right like they just keep going on to the next thing and it's a beautiful innocence um that you can as a leader you can help somebody experience that in a similar way yeah I, we've just had one in fact my, my little boy started surfing about three four months ago uh, uh -huh. and we're fortunate to be away on a, a little holiday at the moment uh, on, on an island off the coast of bali and um, mm. he had his first surf on the reef and he was amazing stood straight up after not surfing for two months because we've had the rainy season here and then after four four rides he fell off and he completely lost his nerve he was terrified he was crying mm. his eyes out and it took two days of real patience and love and nurturing with an amazing instructor and yesterday he popped back up again and you know can't hold him back now what, what time are we going surfing today daddy and but do we show that patience so often with our colleagues with older people that we show right. show for kids and uh, yeah it's a it's, it's a great question i think yeah it's, it's it's so important and i think anybody listening to this right like having kids they are your biggest teachers and they will remind you of things that you um that you've forgotten or that you never knew could carry over like that yeah, wonderful. As always, the time flies. I'd love to end, as I always do, with an inspirational story. You're an absolute inspiration yourself. Um, I'm sure you've got many inspirational stories, but is there one that sticks out that you'd love to share with the viewers? Yeah, something that, that really comes to mind. So in two, 2017, I organized a 250-mile run from Harlem, New York to Washington, D.C. around the time of the Women's March. And initially, it was um, I was going to do the run with just four of my friends, four other women, and we were going to raise 150, well, we, we had a goal of $44,000 for Planned Parenthood. Um, what happened was news of this event went viral, and what ended up happening is we raised over $150,000, close to 1,000 people joined us along the way, um, just 
incredible moment of community coming together for a cause greater than ourselves. And I, I just saw in that moment, the power of my voice, the power of connection, and how important it is to put these ideas, these like crazy ideas that you might not think are possible. You got to put them out there and, and trust and know that your community will help make it happen. Wonderful story. What a great way to end. You know, trust and know that your community put an idea. How many, how many of us die with these great ideas inside us because we, we don't necessarily have, have the courage to say, well, you know, exactly. if it fails, it's another lesson. It's, it's, it's not a failure. It's another lesson. It's another building block, much like you alluded to earlier on, all these little building blocks uh, exactly. that have created the Allison that we have today and will continue. Yeah. It's, uh, what a great way to end. Alison, we could, we could talk for hours, I'm sure. I, I can't yeah. wait for the day that I can finally get to sit down and have a coffee with you in person and really, <laughs> really excited to have had the conversation. Thanks so much for making the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Enjoy your new house. <laughs> Thank you. I will. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.